Blog Talk Radio.
Good morning, good morning, good morning. I had to um, start the song over again, and then so now I'm stopping it because it's about the time that it would have been finished. And so I'm going to um, just see if we can get someone to pray for the program or I'll pray for the program because, you know, um, the Word of God tells us to be also ready. Um, just to give you a heads up, this will be a part two to the message that we had last week was um, accept what God allows because I asked God to help me remain pliable for his glory. And for those of you that already know what pliable is, um, please be patient with us. But pliability deals with flexibility, one and the same thing. So is there anyone on the line that would care to pray for um, the service and pray for others? I mean, we have family members that have needs. We have family members that need to be covered in prayer. We have family members that have just lost um, a loved one. a matter of fact, a a family of 10. I'm on my dad's side. uh, Lost a sister that went in for surgery, got released to go home. And came home, and within days, she went back to the hospital, and she passed. And so, although they had released her from the hospital, it does sound like to me that she died from a complication that wasn't taken care of prior to her release. So, uh, it's just tragic. And is there anyone on the line that would care to pray for the program? Good morning, saints of God. This is Minister Margo, and I thank God for another opportunity to be able to pray for our listeners, for God's children, for the body of Christ. And as we go to the throne of grace, let us clear our minds and our hearts and look to our Father, our loving, tender, and gracious Father, who is always there, who is always listening who is always fair, who is always just. So uh, let's go together to the throne. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for another Sunday. We thank you for another broadcast of Blog Talk. We thank you, God, for the ministry that you have birthed in the heart of Apostle Alex Cecilia Kaiser. We thank you, God, for all that you have done, all that you are doing and all that you will do through this ministry. God, we praise you and we thank you for another day. We thank you for the sunshine, God. We thank you for if we don't have sunshine to rain. We thank you for this day because you said this is a day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. We are glad to have opened our eyes this morning and seen a new day. We are grateful to God, our Father, for allowing us to wake up, to keep us, to get, to let us know that we have been kept from all hurt, harm, and danger. We thank you, God, for resting in your arms, resting in your love, resting in your protection, because you are Alpha and Omega. You are beginning to be in. You are all and all, you are everything that is and was and always will be you, God, 
are the originator of everything that we see, that we feel, that we learn, that we know, that we think. Thank you, God, for caring enough for us to want to know us better. Help us, God, to go to you regularly and talk to you, to confess sin that we might have committed of commission or omission. Help us to forgive others so that we can be forgiven. Help us to hold on no matter what we see, no matter what we feel, no matter what we experience, to hold on by faith that you work all things together for good for those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. Many things we don't understand, many things that confuse us, many things that we try to figure out, but God, we simply know that you love us. If we know nothing else, we know that you love us. We thank you, God, because you sent your son to die for us. You loved us just that much. You made a world for us. You spoke it into existence for us. You breathed into the nostril of the first man of your own self and made a living soul so that we could be here to worship you, to praise you, to glorify you, God. And even in our sorrow, even in our sickness, even in our illness, we must hold on to the word because it says that you number our days. You decide who will live and who will die. You decide if we go to infancy and adolescence and teenage and young adult and older adult and senior. You decide, God, and we thank you. We thank you for having experienced the love of loved ones. If we had them for 24 hours or 24 years, we thank you for that experience, that expression of your love in our lives. We thank you, God, and we ask you to touch the hearts and the minds of those who are grieving, to comfort them because you are the God of all comfort, to know they can make it. They can make it. We are witnesses. They can make it because God loves us. We ask you, God, to word the mouth of Apostle Elect today as she goes forward. Give her the courage, the strength, and the confidence to speak your word in boldness, to minister to the body of Christ, to collect each of us, even the little stray sheep that has wandered away, so that we can be attentive to you and your love and your word today. We give you the praise, God, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen, amen. I want to thank God. And I want to thank Minister Margo for that awesome prayer. Um, The reason that I said I wanted to thank God is because um, I'm learning over and over again that in everything that I do is first God, family, and then everything else. And um, Minister Margo um, has been, um, she had some things that she was dealing with with her health. And so to have someone to be able to pray and to pray with such power um, immediately following the procedures just made me think about 
um, our cousin that just passed, um, who went in for a simple procedure and um, wasn't blessed uh, to still be with us. And it made me think about my cousin Molly, how when she passed, there were so many things that I wanted to tell her. And so many years that I even tried to get to her to tell her. Um, there's This is Black History Week. So my cousin Molly is part of our black history. Uh, my cousin Sandra is part of our black history, Apostle Sandra Thomas. My cousin Bonnie that was murdered is part of uh, that black history. My cousin um, Jacqueline Seabury that um, uh, many of you don't know was a songbird and and um, she was part of that black history. My cousin Joy, who was another songbird, um, was a part of my black history. My mom and dad and my uncles and my aunts were part of my black history and, and others. Um, those that were working with me as battle buddies that were killed in the midst of combat, even when I was in combat and when I wasn't there with them. They're a part of my black history. My sister Sheila, my brother Billy, they're a part of my black history. My cousin Charlene, who just recently passed, that uh, was unexpected, is a part of that black history. And so there's so many that I could name that are a part of black history until um, it would take me a long time. But a part of that history is also Jesus. You know, he died on the cross. He came and he lived. And he's making intercession for each and every one of us because he's a part of not just history, but my black And that's a whole nother message in itself if I could help myself understand and others understand the importance that Jesus played in my black history. So, like I said, we're talking about the things that we accept that God allows and how me unknowingly, not knowing all that it would entail, me asking God to help me to be more pliable. And so sometimes you may pray a prayer at age 13. Sometimes you may pray a prayer at age 21. Sometimes you may pray a prayer at age 75. Sometimes that prayer is going to be answered instantly, and sometimes that prayer is going to be answered throughout your life. Well, in this season that I'm in right now where God is uh, taking me to another level, in learning what pliability is, I'm learning that the cares of life can overwhelm you, even when they're good. Because you could be going from blessing to blessing to blessing to blessing, but you could also be going through tests and trials, tests and trials from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Or you could be experiencing both at the same time. And so as God is perfecting us and our pliability and our willingness to accept what God is perfecting in our lives, we have to also realize that every time I say my heart is overwhelmed, 
sometimes it's going to be overwhelmed with the good. And the reason why is because I'm learning to ask God, with all of these opportunities, with all of these doors that you're opening, God, which one will give you the most glory? Not which one will give you the glory, because he let me see that the opportunities and the doors that are opening are shutting and shutting are part of it all. But out of them, there's one. There may be even two. There may even be three. That's going to give him the most glory. So as I'm in this Selah moment, I'm asking God, God, what's going to give you the most glory? So I was supposed to have retired on the 31st of January, but it didn't happen. And I was overwhelmed. My heart was angry. I didn't say my 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 heart was sad. I said my heart was angry because of something that I tried to work on many, many years ago that they told me they fixed. And then as late as five years ago, they told me they fixed. And now they're telling me one time they said it would take two weeks. Another time they said it would take 30 days. Another time they said it would take 45 days. Up to recently this week, they said, I mean, last week, they said it would take up to 45 days. So my prayer to God was, God, whether you do it in 45 days, this time, next year, or whenever you do it, just let me know what's going to give you the most glory. And so when you're in a sleep moment waiting for God to show you what's going to give him the most glory, what I loved was that I also asked him, God, while I'm waiting, Show me, expose to me any hidden thing on the inside of me, anything on the inside of me known or unknown. When I look in my spiritual mirror, show me any sin, show me any darkness, show me anything that's causing me not to be like you. For you said that you were creating us in your very likeness and image. So as I'm learning to be Pliable. And as I'm learning to be flexible, I also want to address anything that's going to impact your ability to get the most glory. So I know many of you may say, well, I don't have that as a problem. Okay, well, then consider this, that I want you to pray with me on my personal journey. See, Proverbs 6 and 16 says, there are six things that the Lord hates. Seven that are an abomination to him, haughty eyes, a lion's tongue, the hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, one who sows discord around among their brothers. But then Galatians 5, 19 and 21 goes on to say, now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, anonymity, uh, strife, jealousy, fits of rage, uh, rivalries, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, orgies, things that like these, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Well, let me give you a transformation of parent moment on this time. When the day before I was about to retire, uh, my boss called me in 
and she uh, wanted to know what was going on because I told her I would give her an update on what was going on with my retirement. And I was trying to let her know that in the 11th hour, the 59th um, minute, the 59th second and the nanosecond wasn't the time for me to talk to her because I didn't want to have a fit of anger that was based on my disappointment of what I had just learned that I would not possibly be able to retire the next day. So as I kept trying to explain to her what was uh, why I wasn't ready to talk to her because I needed time to talk to God. I needed time for him to calm the rage that was on the inside of me. Because, see, you might say, well, why is that such a big deal to you? See, I, I, I've been to war. I'm a combat veteran. I, I grew up in the inner city on the west side of Chicago. I had to fight to go to school, and I had to fight to come home from school. I've been through a lot of things in my life. So the one thing that I was asking God for, oh, let me correct it, the two things that I was asking God for was closure on my sister's death. But I was also asking him for closure on my job in the government because I needed two closures, and I wasn't getting either one. I wasn't getting the closure on my sister's death, but neither was I getting the closure on my retirement. So the anger that was inside of me had built up to a place of being overwhelmed. But remember, I told you there was good things happening too. There was doors opening from the north, the south, the east, and the west, blessings upon blessings upon blessings. But at the same time, I was in the midst of a battle, a battle for a need for closure. So my boss wasn't listening. And I and I told her, I said, you know, I was still trying to be calm because I, I, I knew that I needed to not talk to her at that time because she didn't necessarily have the tools and the things that I needed that God had. So I got to walk away and uh, go to my office, and she was like, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I said, well, ma'am, if what you're doing is not going to afford me closure to retirement, I would prefer you just not do it. I would prefer I just get to go home because I had already been there two hours longer than I was supposed to be. So she went and she did all that she did, and then she called me back into her office, and I went in there, and she told me all that she done, and I said, so do I get to retire tomorrow? She said, you can retire tomorrow, but instead of getting over 32 years of service, they can only offer you 10. You're talking about over 32 years of service, and you want me to settle for 10? You're talking about me working for the federal government, being a combat veteran, going through the things that I've gone through, splitting my uh, blessing of my income in between two homes, and you want me to settle for 10 years? And so I kept listening, and, I was, and the tears started to flow from my eyes. And I said to her, I said, ma'am, there's three times I cry, when I'm sad, when I'm happy, and when I'm angry. I said, ma'am, and I'm very angry right now. I really would like to leave and go home and see God because, see, I'm at work. So it's not like I could uh, do like some of the other religions and lay a blanket down and, and lay to the east or whatever it is and, and pray. So I was asking her to understand that I needed a moment. I needed a sila. I needed a time 
in the face of God. And so she wouldn't give it to me. And she kept telling me what she had did. And I kept asking her, well, will I be able to retire tomorrow? She said, no. And I said, okay, I need to go and seek God. I said, ma'am, I really need prayer. I'm really angry right now. I said, my heart is overwhelmed. I have so much going on. And she said to me, well, what do you want from me? And I felt the anger come forth. And I said to her in a soft way, ma'am, you haven't done enough. If I can't retire tomorrow, which is what you said you were going to be able to do, then what you said you've done, it's not enough. I said, and only God can give me what I need. And right now, in order for me to be respectful to you, And in order for me to do what I need to do as a professional, I need time before God. And she just kept on talking, and she just kept on talking. And I was like, God, please help me get out of this office before I misrepresent you. This is not about me right now, God. Before I misrepresent you and the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of me, help me get out of this office. And I turned to her and I said, ma'am, no need, no intention to be disrespectful, but I have to go before God right now, and I have to leave out of your office. And she said, Cecilia, I don't understand what you want from me. I said, ma'am, I told you when you first told me you were going to make some phone calls, if the outcome was not me being able to retire tomorrow, then it wasn't going to be enough. I said, so what you did was not enough. And so now she's upset with me because I told her what I had already told her. So then I went before God once I got home. And I said, God, there are some things that mankind said are daily sins. Pride is one of them. It's proudness. It's entitlement. But, God, I need your word to make sure that this overwhelming spirit that I'm dealing with is not connected to pride. And he took me to Ephesians 4 and 2 and said, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another love. And he took me to James 4 and 6. It says, but he gives us more grace. That is why this particular scripture and these two particular scriptures ministered to me in a way that I can't explain because they were scriptures that combated or came against or were the opposite of pride because they were talking about the favor of being humble. They were talking about grace. And then I said, God, there's another sin that I need to make sure is not on the inside of me. It's called envy. And it's when something's painful and resentful in your awareness of something that someone else had an advantage of. Because, see, there was other people before me that retired that didn't go through what I was going through. And they had given me helpful hints on the things that I could do in order to get the love and the joy and the thankfulness and the compassion and the satisfaction that I needed from getting closure on my retirement. 
But see, I wasn't there yet. I said, God, don't let me look at them in an envious heart and look at them and say, well, why did they get to retire? I said, God, I have to make sure that that's not on the inside of me. And he took me to his word, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, that says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And so as I was asking God to examine me for any pride, for any envy, I also remember to ask him for another uh, thing that's dealing with the wrath, the anger that I felt as my leader kept trying to be my God because I kept explaining to her that I needed to get to God so that I could be at peace, so that I could be at the gentleness that God had afforded me on the job, so that I could practice the self-control that Jesus practiced, even though he went in and turned over the tables. I I just want to throw that in there. But see, when God was dealing with me, he was dealing with me with his scriptures, where Titus 1 and 8 says, but hospitality or hospitable, a lover of good, self-control, upright and holy, and disciplined. 1 Corinthians 7 and 5, do not deprive one another except perhaps by agreement for a limited time. This is talking about a husband and a wife, but what I was trying to explain to her was that I needed a limited time that I could be with God so that I would not deprive her of the professionalism Mm, my God, and the respect that she deserves in her position. Because if a person, even as a person, if I didn't respect her, I needed to respect her position. So 1 Corinthians 9 and 20 says, But I discipline my body, and I keep it under control, least after preaching to others I myself should be disqualified. See, that anger that was trying to take over me, that wanted to disqualify me, I'm preaching and I'm teaching and I'm telling people what the Lord is telling me. Now, I got to tell myself because I don't want to be disqualified because I need to preach and teach and rebuke and reprove and and tell people what the word of God is saying. And then 1 Peter 1 and 14 says, an obedient As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. Because, see, in my former ignorance, if we would keep it real, not only was my sister, who I joke around and call her Paris, was she out there fighting, I was fighting too. Not only was I telling people what was on my mind without caring if it hurt their feelings, I was doing it too. Not only was I allowing my tongue to not be sweet and supple and humble, I was able to tell somebody off in a way that I didn't have to hit them because my words had hit them even harder. Because it's something about the people say, oh, sticks and stones will break my burns, bones, but words will never hurt. Mm. They obviously had not met the former me. Now, getting on to the word of God, First Peter 5 and 8 says, be sober 
minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. See, the enemy was trying to devour me. He wanted me to forget about all of the blessings and the open doors. He wanted me to forget about how God had saved my life so many times. He wanted me to forget about how I was in the combat zone and the scuds were flying here and there. He wanted me to forget about how the the deuce and the halves and the five tons uh, uh, fell over and tumbled over and killed so many passengers like me that were in the back, but he had saved me. It didn't happen to me. He wanted me to forget about how I went through the windshield and they said that I wasn't ever going to walk again and I was going to be in a coma. He wanted me to forget about when there was mistaken identity and someone wanted to kill me, but they didn't. My God, he wanted me to forget about all of these things that God had already done. Not what he was doing, but what he had already done. Because, see, I, I, I asked God, remember, help me, God. I want to remain pliable so that you can get the most glory. Mm. Know that when you pray to God, he's going to get the most glory. But as you go through the pressure and as you go through the fire, and he's refining you, it's not all going to be bad. Some of it's going to be good. Because will you get haughty when he puts you that position of authority and you think you all of this and that? That's a whole other message too. First Thessalonians 4 and 4 says that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor. See, it honored God when I went before him to ask him, God, don't let this anger inside of me. Because I had anger, remember, when my sister was killed. I was angry, and I was trying to get past it, but I still needed closure. I had anger when they told me I wasn't going to be retiring, So I, I but I needed to get past it. Because, see, when we talk about holiness, And when we talk about honor, it's more than sleeping around. It's more than this or that. What about that anger? Let's talk about another thing. What about gluttony? That's excessively eating foods and drinks instead of, once again, it's talking about self-control. Once again, it's talking about being content. See, I have to learn to be content in what I have and what God is doing. I've got to learn how to thank God for the discernment that he's given me. I have to learn how to be patient. Mm. You're waiting on God, and he wants you to be patient. See, Philippians 3 and 19 reminds us that the end of destruction and their God is their belly and their glory is even in their shame and their mindset on earthly things. How many of you know that when I get angry and when I'm upset, when I'm dealing with this or that, I might eat too much. And not only is it that I might eat too much, I might eat too much ice cream. I might eat too much candy. I might eat too much cupcakes. or or things of that sort. I didn't say carrots and celery, those things that are good for me. I might eat too much of those things, and so now I'm practicing gluttony in order to suppress what I'm going through. But how many of you know that God will remind you that 
even in Proverbs 3 and 20 and 21 when it's talking about drunkenness and gluttonous and it's talking about those things that will bring you to poverty, those things that will bring you to rags. You can go from rags to riches quickly, but you can also go from riches to rags quickly. And so as I'm, I'm praying and I'm asking God to deal with any pride and envy and gluttony and things of that sort, I said, God, but there's another one that's called lust, you know, that lasciviousness that's filled with someone showing their sexual desires, their lewdness, their lustfulness. Don't allow me to become so selfish and self-centered that I will allow this that you delivered me from now to be a place of hiding, to be a place to deliver uh, this or that. Because, see, back in the day, we're talking about the former me, drop it like it's hot and pick it up like it's cold. That's a whole nother message in itself. But, see, uh, sometimes uh, people oftentimes talk about when men get upset and how they went and they go for sexual pleasure. Well, so did I. So I had to make sure that the enemy didn't try to sneak in because, see, now all of a sudden these people are calling me from my past that want to know, oh, what I'm feeling or what I'm going through. They want to talk about the past and all of that. But snap, God, shut it down. First Corinthians 6 and 13 says food is for the stomach and the stomach is for food. But God will do away with both of them. Yet the body is not for immorality, but the Lord, and the Lord is for the body. Because, see, the enemy wants you to think that, oh, she doesn't do this. No, 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 no. I'm tempted on many occasions, but guess what? God always makes a way of escape for me. Because when the enemy comes in, see, I, I don't read it like everybody else does or some others read it. I read it as that God comes in like a flood. And when God comes in like a flood, he lifts up the standard. Not that the enemy came in like a flood, but God came in. That's a whole other message, too. First Peter 4 and 2 says, So as to live and rest on the time in the flesh, no longer for the lust of men, but for the will of God. Because, see, I said what's going to give you the most glory. So I have to know what's the will of God. Colossians 3 and 5 says, Therefore consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurities, passion, evil desires, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. Romans 13 and 13 says, Let us behave properly as in the day, not as corrosion and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity, promiscuity, I see, I can't even say it on today, but you know what I'm talking about, promiscuity and sensuality, not in strife and jealousy. But see, what I know that I know that I know, as I said that Jesus was my husband, mm-hmm, according to the word of God, I said that God was my husband, uh-huh, I said that the Holy Spirit was my husband, uh-huh, I said that Trinity was my husband, so as they're my husband, they're keeping me, not that I'm keeping myself, but they're keeping me, and the way that they keep me is that those places of anger, those places of void have to be filled with the word of God, because see, the word of God is life, the word of God is water, eternal water, everlasting water. The word of God brings forth great fruit, good fruit. But see, if I allow 
this time that I'm dealing with stuff and this Sila moment that I decide I'm going to be lazy, you know, sloth, that other thing that God helps, means that I'm no longer doing things of action and labor. I'm actually getting into an inclination of being lazy. I'm even being spiritually apathetic. I'm trying to walk in um, inactivity. But God said, no. I, you're that person that when you're getting trying to get closure to something, you stay busy. But while I'm persevering, while I'm working in servanthood, while I'm being diligent in what I'm doing, I don't want to be diligent in the things that aren't bringing me closer to God. I, I want to be diligent in the things that are bringing me closer to God. Hebrews 12 and 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. Mm, we remember uh, Jada Pinkett talking about entanglement. That's another message. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Galatians 9, 6 and 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for as at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Because, see, while I'm waiting in this Selah moment, there's opportunities to allow greed to come in. Because remember I told you opportunities are coming from the north, the south, and the east, and the west. And some of them, um, the six figures that they were offering, oh, my goodness. But I had to ask God, God, what's going to give you the most glory? Is it going to be this six-figure one, this six-figure one, this five-figure one? What's going to give you the most glory, God? I don't want to be selfish. I don't want to have an excessive desire for money and material things. I want to be able to take that which you give me and walk in the generosity that you've given me that is on the inside of me, the kindness. Because, see, sometimes... It's about the time. Sometimes it's about the money. Sometimes it's about the material goods. But how many of you know that if I can give someone a fish, it's one thing, but if I can give them the pole and the bait, they can get much more? How many of you know that I can give someone a car, but if I can give them the dealership, they have so much more? How many of you know that I can give a person a scripture, but if I can give them the whole Bible, I've given them so much more? See, in light of all of this, these opportunities, I need to know what's going to give God the most glory. First John 3 and 17 says, If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or a sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Hebrews 13 and 16 says, And do not forget to do good and share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. First Peter 4 and 8 says, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sin. First Corinthians thirteen four through seven says, "Love is patient, love is kind, love is it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered." Remember, I need closure on this anger thing. It keeps. No record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It also protects. It also trusts. It also hopes. It also perseveres. And remember, when we go on again to Galatians 5, and 23, it said, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, 
joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. My God. Again, such things there is no law. Well, on the 10th of February, I wrote on Facebook in prayer tonight, God reminded me of a promise that he made to me, that he would show me his glory and how and why the verse, not my will, but your will, talking about his will be done, has to become a mirror to me and for me. And how I said, wow, he has given me pick, choose, and refuse opportunities. And consequently, my proclamation and declaration has been and is, God, show me what will give you, Father God, the most glory. And that is still my choice in Jesus' name. I want to give God the most glory. I want you to hear the words of this song so that I can quickly let you know the things um, that God has been dealing with me with. And so the songwriter Kristen Moore says that uh, that he left, that the person left here too early and that they never got a time to say goodbye. It says they're weeping endured for a night and that they're waiting for you. It says that joy does not come in the morning and it knows that it's true. It says that death came out of the blue. It says that hearts are heavy. It says that but I just wasn't ready. It says that sometimes I wish I could see you again and just for a while to say goodbye. But I'm happy uh, because I know that you're abiding with God in his throne room. It also talks about there's no more hurt and no more pain that the person is dealing with. It talks about the smile that's on their face. And it gets back into talking about the weeping, and it gets back into talking about uh, how it wasn't, uh, a plan. It was just out of the blue. And it talks about how it's goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. But see, I need for you to know, I need to change those words and the meaning to the song. Because yet, while God is uh, helping me to reveal any darkness, any dark places, any sin that's in my life, I need to know what's going to give him the most glory. So I have to say, bye-bye and give death to any heartaches that's connected to anger. I have to say bye-bye to anything in my life that's trying to remain those former things. I have to say bye-bye to the things that endure in the night that cause me to rehearse my anger. By God, my God. I have to say hello to those things of joy that are true because of the death of the things that came out of the blue of that anger, those things that came out of the blue, that heaviness, those things that came out of the blue, that sadness, those things that came out of the blue, that heaviness. I have to lay aside every weight that easily besets me. I have to tell it that it has to go. Goodbye. I have to tell everything that's in my life that's trying to cause me tears, trying to cause me pain for whether I'm crying for happiness or whether I'm crying for sadness or whether I'm crying for angry uh, angriness. If it does not align with God, goodbye, bye-bye, you got to go. Because, see, I have to remember that Revelations 24 and 4 has already told me he will wipe away every tear from my eyes, that death shall be no more, and that neither shall there be mourning, and there shall not be any crying. He's even promised me that there will be no more pain. He's even promised me that the former thing 
things will pass away. So as I'm telling these things goodbye, heaviness, sadness, pain, and anger, I can celebrate that I know that God in heaven has heard me as I've waved goodbye to all of these things that have tried to hinder me, all of these things that have tried to hinder my closure. I'm able to ask God, God, not only do I want it gone, I want that place to be filled with your will, your way, and with you totally. I want it to be filled with your love, your compassion. I want it to be filled with all of you, God. I want the forgiveness of all sins from Ephesians 1 and 7 to be in there. I want the right relationship and the restoration to my Father God according to Romans 5 and 17 to be there. I want the unity and the peace with you, God, of Colossians 1, 18 through 20 to be there. God, I want the Holy Spirit that's dwelling on the inside of me according to John 14, 16, and 18 and 1 Corinthians 2 and 13 and 1 Corinthians 6, 19, and 20 to be there. I want the adoption of uh, of your family, God, according to Galatians 4 and 15 to be there. God, I want the great honor and the privilege and the opportunity to share your gospel with others to be there according to Matthew 28 in your Bible. God, I want the eternal life that you've promised me in Revelations 5, 9 through 10, and Matthew 6, 7 through 15 and 33 and 34 to know that I need to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to me. And as they're being added to me and you and you and you and you, we can remember that it also reminds us that we should not carry worry. We should not carry the worry of tomorrow for it will carry itself. And as I'm learning, to be more pliable to God for his glory. I'm learning that the pliability is not just always when your heart is overwhelmed with bad things. Because in this case right here, in this Selah moment right here, I'm in the midst of blessings and I'm in the midst of sorrows and anger. At the same time, I turn the program over to you all. To God be the glory. Amen, amen, amen. I thank God for the program on today. Not only do I have to make sure that I'm in God's will, I have to learn how to say goodbye, bye-bye. I have to learn how to say, God, I wait on you. Even though I feel that I've been slaved, God, I wait on you. Even though I feel that everything is trying to get me, God, I have to wait for my appointed time. Even though I'm in that place of, even though I'm taking a chance to let myself take over, letting myself resolve the problem, letting myself come up with a solution, I have to go back to my motto, God, what do you think? God, I know you have a plan for me. I know you know the plan you have for me. But God, teach me how to wait, how to wait on you, oh God. Teach me patience, oh Lord. Teach me how not to react in my actions because my actions will have a reaction of me stepping in and not waiting on you. God, teach me how to let not let this tongue take over we know that it's a, it's a small member, but it causes a great fire. God, teach me how not to burn what you have been teaching me to teach others, but to apply it to myself. 
God, teach me how to stay transparent. Teach me how to stay in your will. Teach me how to want to be in your will, even when I feel that I've been wrong. God, I want to be able to say bye-bye to the old me. Thank you, Apostle, for the word today. There was so much I got out of it, as you always say, so many nuggets. I can go on and on, but I'm not because it has now have became so much more personal because now I have to make sure that, as you started off with, my Black History Month has to start off with, go through with, and end with God. God, what do you say concerning the plan you have for me and my life? Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Minister Silver. Anyone else? Okay. I just want you all to know, um, I'm, like I said, it's a very transparent day for me on today. Um, there are family members that went on. I was talking about Jacqueline. I was talking about Bonnie. Um, I was talking about my parents. Um, there are family members that went on that did not ever know how much I watched them, how much I learned from them. Minister Margo um, is still here. Elder Tony is still here. Minister Sylvia is still here. Prophet Antoine is still here. Auntie Wardine and Auntie Catherine are still here. But there's so many people in our black history that are impacting our lives that we've never told them how much of an impact they're having on our lives. And I realize that there are so many people that I didn't even realize was having an impact on my life until I began to examine myself and go before God and tell him all of the things that were on my heart and my desire to know and everything that would hinder him from getting the glory in my life. So to all of you that are here and to all those that have gone on, I appreciate you. I love you. I thank God for you on the Kaiser side and the Seabury side. I didn't realize, even as a child, the small thing. So thank you, and I thank God for him putting you in my life. And so on this transparent day, and moment if I had anything to say, it would simply be thank you. So don't forget that on this week we're going to have a program on tomorrow called Iron Sharpening Iron that will begin at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and Minister Sylvia is the host, and our speaker um, is supposed to be Pastor Servant Troy Thomas. And then on Friday we'll have another program which is usually uh, Minister Sylvia and 
uh, Prophet Antoine, or they can invite guests and different people. That's at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then, you know, you come back on Sundays, and whether God have me invite someone to speak for me or or uh, jointly do the program with someone, I'm just going to obey God. Because this Selah moment that I'm in, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that all of the anger has been lifted. I don't believe that it's been lifted, but I believe that it's been placed under self-control, which is part of meekness, and I'm thanking God for that. And so remember our foundational scripture is Matthew 6 and 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I know there are some of you that are still on the line, so I'm going to do a pause um, to make sure no one had anything they wanted to add. Uh, but once again, thank you. The lines are open. Okay, I thank God for each and every one of you. And please tune in tomorrow night to hear what Serving Pastor Troy has to say. And remember, this day today is a black history moment for us but it's also a God history moment for everyone. All right. Love you. Bye-bye.